welcome to Azeroth United, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft Dragonflight, World of Warcraft Classic, and everything in between. My name is Denethar, and I'm your host. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Today is Tuesday, September 12th, and there is a boatload of news uh, and items to talk about today, so we're just going to get right into it. Let's talk about World of Warcraft. Dragonflight patch 10.1.7 is live on the servers. And there's uh, quite a few new features that have rolled out with this patch. The main feature, the public event Dream Surges, is going on right now. It's a really good way to get some catch-up gear for your alts or for your main if you took Season 2 off. The Dream Surges themselves reward, or you can get a currency that will allow you to purchase uh, veteran gear, which is item level 402. Or alternately, you can get a quest that will give you champion gear at 4.15 once per week. Dawn of the Infinite's Heroic, I'm sorry, Dawn of the Infinite Heroic is now uh, available through the Random Dungeon Finder. And uh, the difficulty is definitely uh, on par with Heroic Dungeons. So it's, uh, it's a lot easier, but you are able to loot the scales, the infinite dragon scales from the Dawn of the Infinite. So that's a really big plus. If you haven't had a chance to get in there and do that on Mythic, I would definitely recommend doing that on Heroic, trying to get those scales. Uh, Around Stormwind and in other areas, there are NPCs who have a countdown timer for awaiting Prophet Velen's orders. So this is no doubt in reference to the upcoming Draenei customization quest. So assuming that that's going to be some sort of unlock for the uh, Minari, Eridar, uh, Draenei to come into the fold and allow those customizations to be available. So I'm sure that'll be a very interesting quest line there. Uh, The Secrets of Azeroth is currently live. It will end on September 14th, but you can go back and complete the event after it ends. So don't worry, you're not going to miss out. You're going to be able to go do it. You just, you can go look up the... um, you can go look up the answers on Wowhead. It's just fine. Uh, a lot of people have been having a lot of fun with this event. Uh, I haven't personally done it, but I do know that there's a lot of excitement and a lot of uh, anticipation towards the end of this event. Uh, this week in Wow, the pet bonus event is live. The pet battle bonus event is live, as as well as the arena skirmish event. So Blizzard has gotten really good at combining the pet bonus pet battle bonus event with other events. And in this case, it's combined with the arena skirmish event. Um, If you like arenas or you like pet battles, this is your week. Otherwise, just do your normal thing. Go do some dream surges. Go run a Mythic Plus. Go hit up a raid and you're good to go. The Mythic Plus affixes for this week are tyrannical. Bosses have 30% more health and deal 15% more damage. Entangling at plus 7, which is entangling vines periodically appear in slow players. And bursting at plus 14, which is non-boss enemies explode on death, causing all players to suffer flat damage that scales with keystone level. This is not a terrible week for M+. The... Tyrannical and Bursting don't interact with each other at all. Entangling can happen during a boss fight, which can be annoying, 
on a heavy movement fight, but for the most part, this is a this is a pretty good affix combination. So if you're looking for some key pushes, this is definitely a good week to do so. Coming up on the calendar is the Turbulent Timeways event, which is going to run from September 26th to October 31st. So this is the same thing that happened at the end of 10.0.7, which is time walking five weeks in a row. And in this case, we're going to get it until October 31st. So there's a lot of speculation right now about the release date of patch 10.2, which we'll get into a little bit later. But the timing of this ending on October 31st definitely makes me wonder if this is going to end right before 10.2 launches. We shall see. I wasn't sure if Blizzard was going to be willing to launch a major content update, one, right before BlizzCon, and two, on Halloween. But if they do, great. That's I'm, I'm happy because I'd like the content sooner rather than later. But we'll get into 10.2 and and all that uh, here shortly. In Wrath, or oh, I'm sorry, in WoW Classic, uh, first let's hit Hardcore before we get into Wrath. Um, uh, there's been some progress on the raid progression in the Hardcore servers. On the U.S. Defias Pillager server, the guild Frontier has combined with the guild HC Elite to take down Zulgrub, Molten Core, Anixia's Lair, and Razorgore, the first boss of Blackwing Lair. So congratulations to those guys. I know they lost a few people along the way, and that's just how it goes. But be ever more adventurers waiting to take their places laying in the wings. So congratulations to those, and may they continue on their success. In Wrath Classic, the Joyous Journeys 50% XP buff is now live. So that's 50% XP gained from kills and quests. So this is a really significant buff for anyone who's trying to get a character leveled up in Wrath Classic, you want to cha- change your character, you want to change your main, you want to level up a new character, or maybe you never got into Wrath Classic and you want to come in and play with your friends, this is the time to do it. The Joyous Journeys is a fantastic XP boost, and this will really help you to get your character leveled up. On the PTR for 3.4.3, which is the Ice Crown Citadel PTR, the random dungeon finder is now live, so players can test that out, see how it works, see what they can get up to with a random group and get teleported to the instance. The Titan Rune Gamma, which is the Heroic Plus mode in Ice, uh, Wrath Classic. So the newest one is going to be Titan Rune Gamma. The final boss will drop Defiler Scorched Stones, which can be exchanged for item level 245 gear or equivalent to Trial of the Crusader 25. Ice Crown Citadel testing will resume on September 15th, and it will run until September 20th. So I do believe that that is a clue as to the release date of this particular patch on Wrath Classic. On Classic Era servers, so Blizzard is continuing to tweak the PvP honor ranking system. I'm not really sure what the goal here is, if they're trying to really make it a, a, a better system for long-term sustainability in a uh, server with no new content updates, or if this is something that is in preparation for maybe a Season of Mastery or a Classic Plus, we shall see. On to the main topic of discussion here, which is patch 10.2, Guardians of the Dream. So this was announced on Thursday last week, and there is a lot here. So first off, We have a new zone, which is the Emerald Dream. This is a place we've kind of dipped our toe into a few times. 
but we will be going to an entire zone of the Emerald Dream. So this particular zone, it's it's kind of late. The area that's to the west of the Onarum Plains, but it's the Emerald Dream version of that zone. There will be a new raid, which is Amir Dersil, the Dream's Hope. So if you've done the storyline leading up to this point, Amir Dersil is obviously the new world tree that was planted by Taronda with the seed that was given to her by the Winter Queen that was a gift from the Winter Queen, Anna Loon. So there's a lot of story back there, but basically it's the new world tree, and one, Farak is trying to attack it, and two, the defenders of the tree are trying to defend it. So we are going to have to go in, and we're going to have to take out Farak's attackers, and unfortunately we're going to have to take out the defenders as well, because they do not care if we are with Farak or with someone else. They are going to try to stop us. There's a new faction in 10.2, which is the Dream Wardens, which I believe is renowned up to 15. Uh, in the raid, there's a new legendary, which is Feralath, the Dream Render. It's a two-handed strength axe, usable by Death Knights, Paladins, and Warriors. The new season of Mythic Plus is in place, and it's going to contain the Dawn of the Infinite, Galakrond's Fall, and Mirazon's Rise, which are the two uh, mega dungeons from this expansion from the last patch, as well as Waycrest Manor and Atal Dazar from Battle of Azeroth, Darkheart Thicket and Blackrook Hold from Legion, Everbloom from Warlords of Draenor, and Throne of the Tides from Cataclysm. So this is a really interesting mix. I think Throne of the Tides is the wild card. It really depends on how it's scaled and what modifications are made to it to allow it to be Mythic Plus level. Waycrest Manor is definitely an interesting one. I think that Blizzard might end up having to choose one particular route and stick with it for the entirety of the run, even though it was optional or uh, random in Mythic Plus back in Legion. I think Mythic Plus as a system has changed significantly since Legion, so we'll probably see just one particular route every single time. Uh, as far as the other dungeons, it's a mixed bag. Blackrock Hold is going to be really tough on Sanguine Weeks. Uh, Darkheart Thicket will probably be really rough on Tyrannical Weeks, and so on and so forth. Um, as far as the raid goes, let me go back to that just for a minute. Uh, it's a really interesting mix of fire-based mobs, so kind of like the Firelands, but also the uh, more Emerald Dream-based mobs. It's a nine-boss raid, and Farak is the last boss. I'm I'm really interested in this raid because I feel like um, Aberus was a it, it was a good raid, but I it didn't. It, it all felt very samey. There was nothing interesting, nothing different. It's kind of like Castle Nathria. Castle Nathria felt everything was the same. There was nothing that really sparked my interest except for the uh, broker boss. But um, yeah, I'm really curious to see how this lays out. And uh, definitely going to have to take out the Druids of the Flames. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, there's a new public event, which is the Super Bloom. So the, the Super Bloom will be... Uh, you have to defend a wandering ancient as he walks to his destination. Um, the uh, After he gets to his destination, there will be an Emerald Frenzy, which is mobs will come out and attack him. So you have to continue to defend this guy. And then the Emerald Bounty, which is you will loot seeds off of the mobs that attack the wandering ancient. And then we will apply those to the bounty. And the more seeds that get applied, the better the loot. So... 
It's just another public event that we will be working on in this patch. Uh, New World boss, which is Orstor the Hibernating. It's a big wild god bear. Kill him, get loot. And that's about all there is for that. As far as other things in this patch, uh, there's a substantial number of changes that are going in. And I'm just going to run through a couple of them real quick. Uh, there's some new customizations for Blood Elves and Druids. So Blood Elf will get new hair color. Druid will get new moon conformist customizations. There's going to be some healing changes in this this patch. So uh, Blizzard has identified through assistance from the community <laughs> uh, that uh, healer throughput is definitely a challenge right now. So healers feel very weak when it comes to spot healing and if you're basically if you're outside of your cooldowns your healing feels terrible and yeah i've definitely noticed that with my druid i felt really good in season one uh trying to do anything in season two on the druid healer was just really frustrating and i basically abandoned him uh i went pure dps this season and um yeah i i, I miss i miss healing but it's just not fun right now so um yeah, they're going to they're going to try to make a balance between reducing cooldowns and increasing spot healing while keeping mana generation in check so that healers don't become overpowered. So there's a lot that they're going to work on there and basically basically it comes down to them tweaking the numbers to try to get healers into place that they feel comfortable with. So that we will see how it goes. Uh, as far as dragon riding goes, there's going to be eight new glyphs, just like every other new zone. There will be three new traits this time. Swift skimming, which it just means that ground skimming can occur at the same time as Thrill of the Skies. Uh, winds respite, which occurs after aerial halts, and it gives you the experience a brief moment of weightlessness as the effects of gravity are reduced for four seconds. I don't know what that means, but we'll see. Second wind, which is... This is an active ability, so it has three charges, and there's a three-minute recharge, and it instantly generates one Vigor. So if you're just really struggling, you can't get to where you're trying to go, and you're out of Vigor, boom. You hit second win, and there you go. Uh, there's going to be new races and new world quests in the Emerald Dream. There will be a new dragon riding mount, which is the Flourishing Whimsy Drake, which is a fairy or a fey dragon riding mount. It's really cool looking. I it, although it's not loading for me on the PTR currently, but in the uh, data mining, I've seen it and it looks pretty good. It's a it's a it's a druid fairy, like a Ardenweald type mount. So yeah, it looks pretty good. And uh, there will be new color changes for the uh, Netherwing Drake dragon riding mount coming up. Um, for regular flying, Blizzard is introducing Dragon Isles Pathfinders. So we'll be able to fly our regular mounts in the Dragon Isles. It'll involve exploration and completing the quest chains. This is the the quest chains that are in the achievement currently are the ones that you do while leveling up, so that should be done by default. And then also the uh, Embers of Naltharian quest line quest chain from Patch 10.1. So that most people should have that uh, done as well. And then the other component is the uh, exploration. You have to explore all of the Dragon Isles. So that will be pretty cool. You can ride on your slow flying mount. There will be some new changes as far as the upgrade system and loot. So first off, we're going to see some item level inflation. So typically when you have a new season, you're going to get a item level increase. And for the last few seasons, it's been pretty, pretty consistent at 26 item levels uh, of increase in between seasons. So 
uh, if you're item level 400. And then next season, that same level of content is going to give you 426. This time, it's going to be 39. So what that means is, for example, in Season 3, Looking for Raid or the Raid Finder will award the same item level as Season 2 Mythic Raiding. So if you're really trying to push your heroic raids at this point, you're trying to get your ATC, trying to get your loot, um, the gear that you get in LFR when it releases will be better than than that loot. So uh, if you're doing a plus two Mythic, mythic Plus, uh, you're going to get better loot than you would from heroic raid. So I'm not sure why this change got put in um and and it's in the ptr right now blizzard hasn't explicitly stated here's how it's going to be for sure but uh they did uh, double down on some of the crafting recipes and making sure that they were the correct item level so it looks like this is the correct change that they're putting in i'm not sure why i i hate item level inflation i've hated it since wrath of the lich king when it just got out of control but that's the way that blizzard builds the game and that's the way that it works so that's what we're going to deal with. On that same topic, as far as loot goes, uh, there's going to be some new Great Vault additions. It looks like we're going to start seeing Heroic and Mythic Zero dungeons in the Great Vault. So if you run a Heroic or a number of Heroics, you'll be able to get that equivalent of loot from the Great Vault, which is not particularly exciting until you consider that you can get tokens from that. So you get your tokens and then you use your tokens to purchase your uh, your crests or your uh, your sockets. So that's pretty exciting. Speaking of crests, the upgrade system is going to see a number of changes. First of all, crests are now a currency, so they won't take up inventory space anymore. So that's huge because... It is annoying having those bag, bag, bag slots taken up by the crests and the fragments. And fragments have been removed, so no more fragments. Uh, so the crests will now be a item in your currency tab, and you won't see them anymore unless you go to that tab. Um, crests can be traded for a higher level crest once you have reached the lower level crest's item level or higher. So what that means is if you're at the uh, using season 2 item levels, if you're at uh, if you have a whelp crest and you've got the maximum level for a whelp crest in every slot, then you'll get a drake crest instead of a whelp crest and so on. It's just there's no point in getting the low level crests if you if all of your gear is better than that crest can upgrade so blizzard blizzard is acknowledging that their upgrade system could use a few small tweaks overall i feel like the upgrade system is really good i'm really enjoying being able to do that but i feel like this will allow you to be more assertive in your upgrading and not worry so much about oh well i don't want to use up all my crests because I don't know if this is the best item to upgrade. Well, in this case, you'll you'll be able to get lower level. You can do lower level content and get the higher level crests if all of your gear is appropriate. So that's definitely huge. The talent UI is seeing some rework, and this is actually really interesting. So I <laughs> I had to learn how to kind of game the system with the talent UI. So if you if you have a talent and You've, you've filled out your talent tree, but you want to change a talent that's pretty high up in the tree. Maybe it's uh, five levels 
up above the bottom of the tree. Well, as soon as you unlearn that talent, it unlearns everything below that. So then you have to go back. So you got to take a screenshot of your talent tree, remember what you had, remove that, change your talents, put everything back the way it was. It's really annoying. It's it's kind of a clunky interface. And Blizzard has been pretty bad with interfaces just in general. But they're trying with Dragonflight to improve the, the interfaces. So in this case, I feel like this is a good change. Uh, so you can remove a point and spend it elsewhere without a large part of your build disappearing. Disconnected talents are simply marked in red and can be reconnected to make the build valid again. To perform the old behavior of mass unlearning all dependent talents, press shift plus right click. So something really interesting that I've seen come up a few times now and I've noticed myself is the massive amount of content that is available in Dragonflight. Now, uh, granted, for many years, players have complained, Blizz, there's not enough content, OMG, you're just lazy, LOL, devs are lazy, Blizzard, they're just trying to put stuff on the store to make money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. You can have that opinion. However, if you look at Dragonflight and the number of public events that Blizzard has put into the game. So you have your three pillars of endgame. You've got your raid, you've got your Mythic Plus, and you've got your arena PvP. You could throw raided battlegrounds in there too. You could just say PvP in general. But the point is, those are your three pillars. If you have content outside of those three pillars, it's kind of considered a bonus. But in Dragonflight, Blizzard has changed this. So instead, we have a massive number of, they call them public events, and those events are things that you can do on your own to get gear that you can then upgrade or whatever you want to do with it if if you're going to use it to go into raid or looking for raid or whatever it's not the best gear but it's good enough and in 10.1 we even got the added bonus of you're getting currency for doing it so you're getting your flight stones you're getting your whelp fragments and so on but the sheer number of these events it's not only daunting for new players it's daunting for current and existing players as well. So, for example, in 10.0, when Dragonflight launched, we had the Community Feast in Azure Span. We had the Grand Hunt. We had the Siege on Dragonbane Keep. And we had the Primal Storms event. So the Primal Storms was in a zone. There would either be a fire, earth, air, or water. Elemental invasion, you go stop it. That, the one that everyone forgot about after 10.0? Yeah, that event. Um, so you could get gear from each of these things. You could get profession items. Uh, you could get reputation, obviously. There was a lot that went into these four events. Now, they're all on a timer. So the, well, except for the Grand Hunt. So the Grand Hunt's a little different, but the, the Feast was on, I believe it was a two and a half hour timer when it first started. The Siege on Dragonbane Keep was an hour and a half timer, and the Primal Storms were on a two hour timer. I believe. Don't quote me on those numbers. I'm just making them up. Um, <clears throat> so if, 
if you wanted to go do one of those events, you had to time it right. The times were listed on Wowhead. People could go look it up. You could figure it out. Didn't matter. That was what you were going to do in the open world if you weren't doing, say, world quests or farming or whatever. Then in 10.0.5, we got the Storm's Fury event, which was in the primalist future, where you have to go kill the boss. It wasn't a great event. I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Um, but it was a thing, and you could go do it. Uh, in 10.0.7, we got the Zascara Vaults, which is less of an event and more of a thing that you have to go do. But still, uh, there was also the rare spawns that would spawn in the um, uh, Forbidden Reach. <laughs> well, my mind just blanked there in the Forbidden Reach. So uh, yeah, there was a lot of running around and killing rare spawns for loot. Uh, and in 10.0.7, you were getting loot that was bind on account so you could get gear for your alts for catch-up. So the events kind of followed a consistent pattern. You start off with, here. here's a bunch of stuff to do to give you gear for you. Here's another thing that's kind of a, yeah, that's kind of cool. Maybe you get some cosmetics. Maybe you get some different things. And then something to give you a catch-up gear. Because in 10.1, we got the exact same thing. You got Farak Assaults. You got researchers under fire, same deal. You gotta, you gotta go, and you've, you're gonna do these events. You're gonna get gear for yourself. Uh, also, rares in Zeralek Caverns. Then in 10.1.7, we got Dream Surge. I'm sorry. In 10.1.5, we got Time Rifts. Then in 10.1.7, we got Dream Surge. So, same thing. The time rifts was a, you get cosmetics, you get a, a, a couple different things for you, and then 10.1.7, you get dream surges, which is BOA, binary account gear for your alts, or for characters who were coming back at the end of Season 2. Um, <clears throat> so, all this to be said, we've got new events coming in patch 10.2, which is the Super Bloom, Emerald Frenzy, and Emerald Bounty. But if you look at the entirety of it, if a new player shows up and they go, hey, Farak Assault, that sounds cool, I want to go do that. Well, if it's 10.2, you're not getting any good gear for it. If it's um, even in 10.1.7, you're not really getting a whole lot for it. If you're trying to gear up a character, how do you know what's the correct event to do? How do you know, should you do the community feast or should you do a time rift? Should you do a super bloom or should you do a... Uh, researchers under fire what how how do you know the game doesn't do a good job of directing you to what the correct content is now for mythic plus they've got it figured out here's our here's our mythic plus for this season get a key from this person you're good to go same thing with raids here's the raid go do the raid you're good to go pvp that doesn't really change from season to season um you're doing the same arenas you're doing the same battlegrounds but these public events if blizzard really wants them to be part of the wild landscape if they want them to be a fourth pillar they need to do a better job of standardizing and clarifying what these events are if a new player comes back how are they supposed to one how are they supposed to know what to do two how are they supposed to know how to how the upgrade system works how it interacts with the public events versus the Mythic Plus or Raid or PvP events. 
how are they supposed to know that? Because it doesn't do a good job of explaining it to you. And I know that Blizzard can't make the game suit every person and their individual needs, but trying to cram all of these things into a game because people complained there wasn't enough content. Well, now there's too much content in the game. And I hate saying that because that's the way that you get stuff taken away. That's the way that you end up with sitting in your garrison for an entire patch cycle. But there's too much content in the game right now. Blizzard needs to pull back a little bit. Not a lot. It doesn't need to be, hey, stop doing public events. It needs to be, make one that's really clear. And then, when you have a new patch and you're like, hey, it's patch 10.2.5. Cool. That same event now has an extra component. And it does this now. Oh, wow. How fun. And then, when it's 10.2.7, that same public event now does something else. And then when you have patch 10.3, you get a new public event. That way, you keep it fresh by introducing new components to the event, but you don't have to go to a com- and learn a completely new and different event. I'm a big advocate of keeping things simple. Keep the currencies simple. Keep the... Um, the tasks that you have to do in-game. Simple. Don't overcomplicate it by throwing in 20 new currencies and 20 new tasks that you've got to go do. And if you do them in the wrong order, then I didn't even talk about half of the things that are in Dragonflight because there's so much content in this expansion. But just for the main public events that the players are going to want to do when they log into the game, there is just too much. And I feel like Blizzard could do a better balancing act between having no public events and having nothing interesting happening at all, like Warlords of of Draenor, and having so much that you can't even keep track of it, like we have in Dragonflight. I hope that Blizzard can find a balance. And because I like the new way of doing things. I just want it to be a little more streamlined. So that's our show for today. Thank you so very much for listening. I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. If you want to find me outside of the podcast, you can see me at Twitch TV, Denethar01, or on YouTube at Denethar01. I don't do the X Twitter thing anymore. I gave up on that. So Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time and your attention. I really appreciate it. I'm putting so much time and so much energy into this podcast, and I really appreciate everybody who's listened to it. If you'd like to leave me some feedback, please do so. You can reach me at denethar1 at gmail.com or just post a review on Apple Podcasts. really appreciate it. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Have a wonderful day.